Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, I think it's obvious that boys and girls should not be competing against each other in combat sports, especially. And now there's a gruesome incident that just took place in Massachusetts that's making that argument more clear than ever. I have the district superintendent joining the show to talk about it. Plus, we're talking UFC and unvaccinated sperm, of all things. We've got all that and so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, hello, and good morning to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being here for Outkick the Morning. It is Wednesday. You kind of lose track of the days sometimes, don't you? Uh, anyways, thanks for being here. I'm Charlie Arnold. Uh, let's go back to a story that I originally revealed to you on Monday. I talked about a female field hockey player in Massachusetts from a Dighton Rehoboth High School. Uh, she suffered a serious injury. She had two of her teeth knocked out. She took a shot to the face by a male player on the opposing team, which was called Swamp Scott. So here's another look at that disturbing video, which landed the unnamed player in the hospital. Okay, so you could see directly hit into the face. Not only could you see it, you could hear the shrieks on the field. Traumatizing doesn't even begin to explain what this girl went through. And the thing that I need to point out here, and I pointed this out on Monday, this is not a co-ed league. This was the girls' state playoffs. But the Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association policy allows men, or boys in this case, to compete against the girls. And now as a result of this gruesome injury, players are pushing back, which includes a letter from the co-captain of the injured girls team for the MIAA to change this policy, stating the uneven playing field and the inherent biological differences between males and females. So will this incident and plea have an impact on affecting change? Here to help me answer that question, we bring in Bill Rooney, the Dighton Rehoboth superintendent. Good morning, Superintendent Charlie. Rooney, thank you so much for being here. Good morning to you. We're both wearing our green. Uh, nice to coordinate with you. Uh, listen, I understand the school, the student, rather, returned to school already, but of course, still dealing with those horrible injuries that she sustained during that game. But as of right now, you have not heard anything from the Athletic Association on any changes to this policy that the girls' team is trying to enact. So do you expect to hear anything from them anytime soon? Uh, good morning, Charlie. Thank you for having me. And no, I, I don't expect to hear from them anytime soon. I, I think that they are going to hold true to their stance that uh, they are abiding by state and federal guidelines. Okay, so you're not expecting anything anytime soon. Are you expecting any type of change a little bit further out? Uh, this to me just seems like a policy that doesn't, from from my point of view, uh, and you can explain yours, does it make any sense? No, I mean, I, I do understand that um, the Equal Play Act that the MIAA um, has in place is based on the Massachusetts Equal Rights Amendment. Uh, that Massachusetts Equal Rights Amendment is 
very voluminous. So trying to get it nullified or repealed is going to be very difficult. Um, but I want there to be conversations um, similar to what our co-captain had mentioned in her letter about trying to find mm -hmm. a way that we can increase player safety by possibly putting restrictions on the males that are participating. A few years ago, males that were participating in girls volleyball had restrictions of having to play only on the back line to prevent, you know, um, possibly concussing somebody by spiking the ball, you know, on their head and or in their face. Okay. This just doesn't make any sense to me though. It just seems like we, we understand the differences between men and women. Uh, if you're going to put such limits, then you're not even truly allowing equal rights to occur in allowing these boys to play on the girls' teams. And in fact, you're not even allowing equal rights because then girls can't go out there and feel comfortable or able to show off their athletic abilities to the fullest extent because they have to worry about these type of injuries. I mean, this is just probably one of the higher degree cases that we saw recently in your district. Uh, but this just seems like boys and girls. I mean, let's just be very clear. There are so many biological differences. This shouldn't even be a conversation. You're absolutely right. Um, and, and, you know, but my perspective is coming from the fact that I don't think that the law is going to change anytime soon. The MIAA mm. holding firm to their stance because of the Massachusetts Equal Rights Amendment, which again um, is going to be very difficult uh, to nullify. Um, so what I'm looking for in the short term is going back to some sort of restrictions. In other words, if we have to live with the fact that males are going to be allowed to play on female teams, which again, I don't support, but if they are going to be allowed to participate on girls' teams, that there have to be some restrictions to increase mm -hmm. player safety. Another piece of this, Charlie, How is, long? Go ahead. Another piece of this is, is your interpretation of Title IX. You know, Title IX talks about equality, but for every boy that gets a uniform, that's one less girl that gets a uniform. And for every boy that gets a minute of playing time, that's one less playing time for a girl. So how is that equal? Equals, you know, equality is not always fair. Yeah, and you actually just raised a great point. Uh, that's one more thing, having success and opportunities taken away from these girls, in addition to their safety now being put at risk. Has this policy in Massachusetts been around for a long time? Or is it now that we're just now seeing more boys entering into the fray trying to play women's sports because it feels like the conversation is happening more often now. But if you're telling me that this has been a policy for quite some time, why is it now just being brought up more often? Yes, it, it has been a policy since the late 70s. Um, but I think what the, what the difference is, is that the training and the equipment that our players, both male and female, have the opportunity to have access to these days are increasing the severity of the injuries. Um, I, I was reading through a case from 2012 where a male field hockey player collided with a goalie. Um, this was in a Massachusetts high school game. Um, the goalie was concussed. Um, it was, I believe it was the game-winning play. Um, the, the team that had the boy on it um, won the game and uh, it went to the courts. And the courts basically said, well, um, 
less than 1% of um, these teams are comprised of boys. And again, this was back in 2012. Um, and so therefore it's not a statistical enough um, argument to be able to make any changes. I just, I wonder how many girls have to get hurt before there's going to be a noticeable change. Um, you know, changing the equipment would be something that might be helpful in the short term, but I think the the, the principle of it um, needs to be addressed. Yeah, I hope we don't have to find out an answer to that question that you just posed. Uh, finally, Superintendent, what is the outrage like in the school district from parents, from students, from teachers, from everybody? It, it, it's very high. Um, the tension is very high. You know, at first it was a sense of trauma. Um, you know, it, I I went out to meet the bus um, when the girls returned from Swampscott because I, I wanted to uh, let them know that they had the support of the district, that we were going to have resources available to them the next school day with, with our counseling staff. Um, and the, the trauma that I saw in their eyes, the sadness I saw in their eyes and in the eyes of the coaches is something that mm. I'll never, ever forget. And um, now it has turned to um, an outrage because of the fact that um, it doesn't seem as if anybody's willing to listen to change. Yeah, well, I hope that even though you don't believe anything is going to happen even as a result of this horrible injury and incident. I hope you still keep pushing to affect change. I hope you get a lot of parents and students and everybody else to rally behind you. And who knows, your voices get loud enough. We may see something happen. So superintendent, thank you so much. Thank you, Charlie, I appreciate it. Okay, now turning to another very violent sport. UFC middleweight champion Sean Strickland is back in championship action. He is now set to defend his title against Dracus Duplessis in January. And this will be his first title defense after upsetting Israel Adesanya back in September. And speaking of upset, the outspoken champ, he is not happy about the location of UFC 297 where he will be fighting. He sent out this tweet saying, quote, why Canada? GSP, you do this BS, no guns, no freedom of speech. UFC, you effing with me? <laughs> Strickland, obviously a hilarious guy, uh, but it does make sense why he would send out this tweet. He is certainly the most America first fighter, uh, mo the most America first fighter on the UFC roster. That can definitely be said. So the irony certainly not lost upon me, at least here. I totally understand him wanting to represent the USA in the USA, but then again, it's one of those be thankful for what you get type of opportunities. I also have to imagine this is part of a work, meaning he knows what he's doing here. He's playing a character and you have to imagine the booze that he is going to now get from the Canadian crowd when he does compete at UFC 297. And I know one thing is for sure, Sean Strickland feeds off of that type of energy. But you know what? I wanna get someone else's opinion on this. So I'm gonna bring in the big guns. That would be uh -huh. Outkick contributor, Mike Gunzelman. Hello, my friend. How's it going? <laughs> hey, what's going on? <laughs> um, what do you think? Sean Strickland. I mean, he is a USA guy. He always is sporting the flag. He's always talking about cancel culture. He's always talking about freedom of speech, uh, all of your constitutional rights. And here he is having to go to Canada to defend his belt. He's upset about it. You think he has, he has a right to be so, or 
Is this just a, a little bit of a, a, a more of a flavor of his character? So uh, listen, love him or hate him, the bottom line is Sean Strickland is always going to speak his mind. And I kind of respect that because this day and age, a lot of people don't. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of too, too foil here, as, as you kind of alluded to. First off, yeah, I mean, he's pissed off. I would be angry as well. This guy did everything the UFC and Dana White wanted him to do. He fought three times this year alone, which is pretty much unheard of, especially in modern times with fighters always like holding out, holding out, holding out for the big shot or the big opportunity or big money. Strickland just goes out there and just crushes it. He's also the middleweight champion. He just beat Israel Adesanya, one of the biggest names in the sport. So yeah, he wants to like, imagine doing all that and all of a sudden be like, oh yeah, we're going to ship you up to Canada. <laughs> to Canada? <laughs> Like, like, I mean, South Park taught us everything that we needed to know about Canada. It's blame Canada for everything. The country wouldn't even be a country if it wasn't for America below it. So, yeah, I mean, um, he, he, he is <laughs> from a UFC athletic ability. He's got every right to be mad. But also, I mean, what he's saying is not he's not lying about the uh, the lack of freedom that's happening under Prime Minister Trudeau right now in Canada as well. So Strickland is right. He's two for two here. Yeah, but imagine now the heat he's going to take when he goes to Canada complaining so much. And I have to imagine this is not going to be the end of it. Probably we'll see even more of a buildup, him complaining, him trashing Canada. Oh, it's, he's all it's in. politics. Yeah. It's, you know, every it's whole landscape. So this uh, yeah. this could get very fun and very interesting. Well, and he's and he's right though because you know whether it's Canada wants to be net zero carbon emissions by 2030, yet they're the biggest exporter of oil. So what's going to happen to all those jobs and also pretty much the, mm -hmm. that is their number one exports oil. So that doesn't truly make sense. But of course it's you know don't look at that over there. But also uh, you know we saw just within the past year the uh, you know the trucker protests and how much Canada cracked down on them when all these truckers wanted to do at the end towards the end of covid was just work and they had their bank accounts frozen and lost their jobs and all this mm -hmm. so uh you know for canada being oh yeah they're fine they're great they're canada uh look into it, people out there strickland isn't lying about uh the lack of freedom that continues to happen to our to our northern neighbors up there so uh mm -hmm. but as far as the the trolling aspect it's like Kobe Covington. I mean, uh, you know, Strickland is going to be the most hated American up in Canada. So I will be tuning in. So if he can get some more ratings and some money out of it, let's go. Yeah, right. All the power. Uh, speaking of a guy who really loves his country, Aaron Rodgers also falls into that category. <laughs> and he was caught on a hot mic earlier this week, teasing an early return. I've got to say, from day one, I've always been like, no way, no way, no way. But it's one of those things. You, you, I'm like, maybe, maybe, because now you're seeing him being more mobile and he's around the, the team more and he's at the facility more. And I'm like, okay, was I wrong? Are we going to see Aaron Rodgers returning this season, if not in the regular season, for the postseason, if they happen to make it that far? So as a Jets fan myself, I got to say this. Aaron Rodgers is like, the ex-girlfriend that you can't quit. You know what I mean? She's already she's already pretty much engaged <laughs> to somebody else, but you just can't quit them because every single thing that they say is just tugging at your heartstrings. But is he trolling or is he telling the truth here? Uh, you know, in the beginning, I thought there was the same thing. There's no way that he's going to be able to come back. Maybe he's doing his like motivation, pump it up to psych the opponents out. 
I still think that he's not coming back. The biggest reason why. Same. Is because the team stinks. My team is awful. God awful. I got no offensive line. We are just clueless out there. We're four and four, but don't look at how the victories came. It's a fact that you really want him to be put out there when he's just going to be scrambling for his life. We also mm-hmm. don't know if he can even run still. It's one thing when he's just thrown on the field, like sure, he's launching it. He's got his arm. His arm's fine. He didn't right. break his arm. Didn't break his collarbone. But if he's scrambling and some 325 pound linebacker shoving him to the ground, might put a little additional stress on your Achilles. So um, I, I, as much as I'm so happy we got Aaron Rodgers, he hasn't done anything for me yet. And I kind of want him as a Jets fan to please just shut up and let us just be miserable and stop leading, uh, you know, uh, leading <laughs> us on to, 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 to the promised land. Cause we all know it's not going to happen. Oh my it's gosh. not going to happen. I love that. Just, just, yeah. Like, please just shut up. Don't get our hopes up. Let us yeah. be miserable and stay in this place of misery yeah. because I'm right. It, 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 it's better than the ups life. and downs. The roller coaster is more difficult to deal with. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious. Uh, I'm totally with you. And also just from the pure fact, like you mentioned, uh, it, it doesn't make sense to risk his health. For it's, it's, it's you're not going to the Super Bowl, you're not winning the Super Bowl. So why rush back? Take the time, rehab, take yeah, take more time rush. than last time. Yeah. It, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that would be silly. But but now you look at the 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 landscape in New York in general. Neither team has a quarterback. So you know, New York, one of the greatest cities in the world. Not when it comes to football, at least I, not I, recently. Um, I wrote an article. I got off of that point. I wrote an article. It's available at Outkick. You can check it out. Out of the four sports, these four sports teams in New York City, this just shows how much of a mess we are. The Giants are an absolute disgrace right now. Daniel Jones, God knows what's going to happen there. I mean, he's out, you know, all that. The Giants had at least some expectations there. The Jets were supposed to at least make the playoffs. That's not going to happen. The Mets had the highest payroll in all of baseball in the history of it. They didn't even make the playoffs. And the Yankees, (laughs) who are the Yankees, also didn't make the playoffs. It is not a good time to be a New York sports fan right now out of those four teams. What a disaster 2023 has been for New York sports. Honestly, it's also a disaster being a New Yorker who doesn't even like sports. I mean, I have to step over homeless people to get home every day after work. It's also uh, that. yeah. That's a subject for a different day. I want to talk about The Simpsons with you because this is also a tragedy. I mean, you look at all the things, the horrible things that have happened in 2023. This also needs to go on the list because The Simpsons guns have officially gone woke. Homer will no longer be strangling his son because of concerns of child abuse. It's, it's also silly. It's a cartoon, for God's sakes. In a recent episode, it, it just came out a couple of weeks ago. It was called McMansion and Wife. Homer met with his new neighbor. Uh, he noted that Homer, when they shook hands, had quite a grip. So Homer, of course, responded, see Marge strangling the boy has paid off. Homer then immediately followed it up with, just kidding, I don't do that anymore. And then said with a smile, times have changed. Uh, yeah, times have changed, like I said, for the worse. Guns, what's going on here? I mean, the strangling joke has been part of The Simpsons since the series was created. So I just want to know, why can't we have nice things anymore? I mean, it is. It does come with the Simpsons for sure. What I kind of uh, think this is interesting is so you know it, because they alluded to it, so they definitely you know obviously with what he's saying, they put it out there. So you know, be like, oh hey everybody, we're not doing this. 
But if you look back to it, they haven't, Homer hasn't done it for actually for, for years. But what's interesting though is just a couple of weeks ago, they did their, you know, their annual Treehouse of Horror episodes. You know, they're actually very funny and stuff, but they had a character do it there. So somebody was able to strangle somebody if it was part of that episode, but because it's not Homer to the to, to Bart that they stopped it. So it's, it's a little bit of a double standard there, but also are we going to obviously no one's advocating ever for child abuse but also if you are looking to the simpsons or an animated show for parental yeah, advice, for parenting for parental advice guidance yeah. then a you shouldn't have kids to begin with and b what are we doing here like what are we doing here guys like, or, or don't, watch, don't watch family guy don't watch family guy don't watch, like what do you like or how about like even the uh, i mean the or uh, on the flip side yeah. if on the flip side if you are getting parenting advice from these shows you could also be the coolest parent ever i don't know it could go both ways there you go you you could do that as well you could be hip but uh i mean as far as like you know the the child aspect of it i mean of course let's all just let's all just sit back. it's, I mean, it's and, because and it's disney disney has taken yeah. over the simpsons now that's why it's disney it's we blame it on disney they've ruined everything everything they touch now turns to crap which is a, a great segue because that leads in right to our next story. Uh, but you, then you look at shows like South Park and Family Guy who have creative geniuses behind the scenes. They don't care what anyone thinks and they are the most entertaining shows in the world. And I will say for one, I am a huge fan of South Park and Family Guy. If there is a marathon on, you better believe this girl is tuning in. Um, okay, so there was my segue, right? Uh, everything they touch turns to crap. Well, now apparently uh, there are families who are visiting Disney World and they are absolutely disgusted guns because there are children <laughs> whose parents, they obviously are the parents that are getting advice from The Simpsons, who are letting their kids use the bathroom. When I say use the bathroom, I'm not talking about like peeing into a bush, on the ground because their parents don't want to have to take them out of these long lines to use the restrooms. And literally they're, they're treating them just like they would your dog that you're taking for a walk in the park. And then they're, you know, taking the little, the doggy bag, picking it up and throwing it in the trash. I mean, this is repulsive, uh, but just another sign of what the United States is coming to. I mean, there is no decency anymore. Well, Charlie, we used to be a country, a proper country. And then you've got this happening to us right now. I mean, you can't make it up. Imagine you just walking by and be like, oh yeah, oh look, look, yo, look at that, look at that. Oh, there, there, there's Donald Duck over there. Oh my God, there's a turd on the ground. Oh, he's doing it right in front of us. It just shows how much, I mean, the, mo the, the most magical place on earth has, has turned to the dumps. Literally, you can't make this up. <laughs> like, what? Kind, like, I, I understand the frustration. Listen, parents are so like, it's like $170 a ticket to go to Magic Kingdom right now. It's hot. <laughs> You're on pavement. You got your kids. They want churros. They're running around. They're crying. Then they have to wait in two, two and a half hour lines. I understand it's a hell off place right now. But that does not allow your kid to defecate on the freaking sidewalk in the amusement park line, everybody. I mean, Disney, for all <laughs> your concerns that you have right now, God knows you have plenty. Your stock yeah. is the lowest it's been since 2014, 10 years ago. You think you could handle and get people in line when they're taking freaking dumps on the ground in your amusement park. And no, for the <laughs> viewers, the audience, this isn't just a one-off out there. It wasn't just like, oh, a kid just had the runs or something and couldn't run. 
It's happening multiple times. Multiple times. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. I even, I even, you know, sometimes we'll see people in New York who won't clean after their dogs. And now I'm just, it's taking it to a whole nother level. It's disgusting. And in fact, there was a survey 11 years ago. Rasmussen report said that 76 of Americans believe, 76% of Americans, I think I just said that, believed the United States was becoming less civilized. That was 11 years ago. The majority of people thought America was becoming less civilized. So imagine, Guns, what that poll is going to look like 11 years from now. It, it, or how about, how about the other countries out there, those that are trying to compete with us? Imagine, like, if I'm one of the other, if I'm one of the dictators out there or whatnot, just be like, here's America. I just shoot you a picture of poop on Disney World. Be like, that, that sums it up perfectly. Disney used to be <laughs> Disney. It's like, oh, how Amer- how's America doing? I don't know. Look at New York City subways. Look at the mess that San Francisco has become. And then shoot over to a dump on a Disney amusement park ride. And we're supposed to be the leaders of the free world. God help us. God help us, Charlie. <laughs> God help us is a great way to end this segment, please. In so many different regards, God help us. Guns, thank you so much. You're great. We'll see you soon. (laughs) See ya. ya. Take care. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, yes, God help us. Now on to a Canadian powerlifter named April Hutchinson who says she is facing a two-year ban for speaking out against biological men competing against females. Now, the reason for the ban, the Canadian powerlifting union claimed that she violated a social media policy because apparently it's a crime to say this. It's so important to keep women and girls sports fair and safe. We need to use our voices, men and women, to let everyone know that fairness and safety has to be top priority of every federation. Any woman, man, or federation that supports men lifting or competing with women is part of the problem, and they should be ashamed, and they are literally helping erase women's sports. Explain to me the problem. How is this violating a social media policy? This isn't just an attack on women and standing up for their rights anymore. This is a straight-up attack on free speech that only seems to get worse by the day. April said absolutely nothing wrong. She is standing by science in that men have tons of biological advantages compared to women, and I don't care what end of the political spectrum you fall on. There is no disputing this evidence. Women should not have to give up their opportunities and their success because a biological man decides to skirt the system and join the women's division looking for an easy victory. And a woman should absolutely feel comfortable, not to mention be allowed to speak up about this breakdown in competition. Wow, we started the show off on that subject, touched on it again. I have a feeling we'll be talking about it again very soon. Uh, But now on to a little bit of a fun subject here. We all know, not every man is cut out to be a father. But 
A sperm donor, now that is a different story, but that doesn't mean women are going to accept any old sperm, right? I mean, come on, we do have some standards here. They want the best sperm to procreate with, and now that is coming with a very specific request. They want it to be unvaccinated sperm. So along comes, dun, 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 the Sperminator. More on that in a second. This is a man who was created an offshoot of the largest sperm donation group in America. And this group only provides sperm from the men who did not get the jab. And now you know I couldn't do this story without the Sperminator himself. So without further ado, let's bring in Jonathan David Rinaldi. Hey, how are you? Thanks there he is, me. the Sperminator. Good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. Everything's great. I'm glad to have I'm glad to be here. Okay. First things first, I have to ask you, how did you earn the name and reputation as the Sperminator? Uh, well, listen, it's it's not so much the name, it's just uh, the ability to stand up against the, uh, the the socialists, the Democrats who wanted to uh, make us infertile, make us uh, sick with their shots. And, uh, you know, we get the opportunity sometimes to preserve our God's genes. And, uh, you know, we have the ability to help women who want to have children, who want to have healthy children, who don't want to be affected by shots that affect their fertility, affect their health. And uh, that's why we exist. Okay, so I totally love what you're standing for. Yes, I, I think that the fact that everyone was forced to get the shot years ago, or a lot of people, was absolutely ridiculous, something I did not stand by. But the Sperminator reputation preceded COVID. I mean, you're, you're, I think you're known for your, your sperm-giving abilities, am I right? Yeah, yeah, and, and it's not so much as a sperm donor. It's actually called a known donor because the difference between uh, going to a bank or going to a group like ourselves is that the women actually know us. Uh, we do have the ability to oh. see children. We're not uh, anonymous. Um, you know, we have relationships, not sexual, but we have the ability to see the children, um, which has been an interesting situation, but um, it's more than just a sperm donation. It's it's actually a community that exists um, where we help people that uh, want to have children, but also want to have the ability to be involved. Okay, so Jonathan David Rinaldi is a daddy many times over. How many How many children do you have that you are aware of at least? Well, I know about all of them. I have three that I've raised with my ex. Um, they're older. And then I've helped about 16 other families uh, conceive. I mean, I'm nowhere near wow. I'm nowhere near some of the other donors out there. But the important thing is, is that I don't want any drugs. You know, I want to make sure that everyone, everyone I, I work with is a professional. <laughs> um, everyone is, is, uh, is a good mom um, and has the ability to raise and love the child. Okay, so there, okay, the, the, the children with your ex aside, 16 different baby mamas, I just have to imagine that it would be almost impossible to not have drama. I don't know, maybe I don't know enough about this world, but I do know women and I know relationships. And even though there's not like the, the same type of relationship, this just seems like it could get a little bit out of hand. It can, you just have to leave it up to God, really. I mean. Look, you are doing the relationship backwards. <laughs> Easy enough to say. Right? Like you meet somebody and you have a child with them and then you figure out how to work it out later. Um, so it is a little bit backwards. Uh, but you'd be surprised. I mean, when when a relationship is built on 
um, working towards something, it's actually more successful. If, if you just have a stale, stagnant, kind of traditional type of relationship, um, it doesn't work as well. You have to get together and you work towards something. And that's how you build trust and communication. Uh, so that's why there's not really any drama because everyone, um, it's a handshake. There's no contracts. There's, there's no nothing written down. It's just shake my hand. Let's do this together. And as long as everybody um, abides by their word, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Okay, but it does, okay, I have so many questions. Um, it's hard enough to juggle one relationships, you know, make sure you're being present, you're, you know, offering the support that the woman needs or the man needs in, in my case. Uh, how do you make time for so many different women and ch children? Because they're all little independent families. I mean, is there a situation in which you're all getting together at once? You're like, hey guys, if you want to see me, come to the park this weekend, I will be there, get in line, or how do you how do you make sure that everyone's getting what they need? Well, it's it's definitely complicated. All the children are like three years and under, right? So it's it's really uh, a okay. of, yeah. So that that's why it's an unvaccinated group because you know it started during COVID. I started the group specifically to try to have uh, kind of an archive of all the uh, information that was out there because everything was being censored. You know, you you can't find any information. I mean, they're still calling it a vaccine, even though it's a it's an mRNA shot. It's an injection. Um, so it takes time to build relationships. It takes time to build trust. Um, again, we're not in a traditional type of relationship. We're not sexually um, involved. Um, it's just being available, being present. Um, you have to leave it up to the women to reach out. I mean, I can't be bothering them all the time. I can just let them know that I'm available. But little by little, sometimes I've introduced um, the children to my OG children, as I like to call it, my original ones. But um, it just takes delicacy. It takes time. It takes emotional intelligence, maturity. And you got to have respect and, and you got to abide by your word. And, and yes, a, 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 at some point, I want to have them all at a, a family barbecue. But um, that's going to just take some time to build. Yeah, one day, one day, that will be like the ultimate party, right? I mean, who knows, all these kids could end up being best friends. Okay, so you talked about how in the last three years, there's been an uptick for the demand for unvaccinated sperm. I mean, so this started what, right after the shots started becoming more prevalent? Uh, people's, I mean, because I know that when you have sperm donors, or like you said, the what you refer to them as the known donors? Is that known donors, yes. Because the living. Okay, so, you know, whether, whatever the case is, you have like different, you know, requests. Like there are some people that say, oh, I want someone who's tall or I want someone with blonde hair. Or, you know, there's like some physical requests possibly if, you know, hopefully those genes can be transferable. Uh, so now is this one of the, the laundry lists of things? I also want unvaccinated. And you said this started, what, I guess 2021-ish? Yeah, something like that. I mean, look, the, the shots... Um, are kind of like STDs at this point, right? Like if you sleep with someone that has a, va a, a <laughs> shot or a vaccine, I mean, you could get some shedding from it. Um, I know that it affects fertility. Um, there was a time when I was with somebody who did have um, the injections and I was actually affected. I wasn't, wasn't able to get anyone pregnant for about nine months. Uh, so, really? Yeah. And I know that there's issues with the lot numbers because remember- Just from sleeping with her, just from sleeping with her, you weren't able to get, your fertility was affected just because of the shedding process that yeah, you just referred I, 100%, to. A hundred percent. A hundred percent that happened. I believe Whoa. it. Um, you know, listen, it's, it's real. 
Um, you know, the lot numbers for these shots also were given to different communities. Like, let's be real, like they weren't able to manufacture billions of vaccines. Like a lot of it was saline, but unfortunately, because of the way everything goes, a lot of the, the actual uh, dangerous injections were given to low income uh, communities and they were affected by that. And that's just the reality of it. So people are aware of it. They tried to suppress this information. Um, you know, there, there's an uptick in blood clots, died suddenly, people are falling all over the place. People know, people know that these shots were, were bad for them. So they don't want anything to do with it. So that's why uh, people like me exist. We just offer a service. Uh, we offer a, a platform where people can communicate, share information, and really get the word out on, the, on what they tried to do to us. Interesting. Um, is there also a demand for unvaccinated eggs? I mean, I imagine there's the flip side to this, right? Yeah, just the difference is... Or, I don't know that, yeah. There's so much sperm. It's it's so much, right? I mean, it's very easy. Um, when you when you have uh, eggs, you have to harvest it. it. It's a whole process. And yeah. it's very, you know, like, like, I don't charge any of the women for this. Like, I'm not doing it for any money. I'm doing it because I'm just blessed to be able to have the ability to do it. But eggs, egg harvesting is a whole nother thing. And women genuinely don't like to donate um, uh, their eggs. It's just, I guess, a psychological Yeah, thing. that's a good point. You know, they just don't do it as much. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, this was fascinating. Uh, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, I saw the story and I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, this was something that resonated with me uh, immediately. Uh, so I'm happy to have more information about it. And um, listen, if the family barbecue ever happens, the big grand get together, if you want a little bit of media coverage, you know, to, to show everyone how it can happen, 16 different baby mamas, all the kids, everything can still be, well, hopefully peachy keen, we'll find out. Uh, please let me know. I definitely will. I'll invite you. I'll make you a steak and everything. And, uh, you know, I hope hopefully you do. I that. love this. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> and uh, it'll be great. And you can come down and you can see that it's possible. You don't have to have a traditional relationship anymore. And it's really um, uh, comes down to just the world we live in. It's, uh, you know, um, you can pretty much do anything you want um, if you do it correctly. Um, and nobody really needs to think of the traditional family unit because you can have a large family and everyone can get along. And, and I'm basically what it looks like <laughs> to not abort your children. So uh, everybody. Can uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much and have a great day. You too, man. Thank you for that. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. He was not kidding when you don't have to have a traditional relationship these days. I mean, all over the place, we're seeing traditions fly out the windows. No one cares about traditions anymore. The family unit has all but disappeared. Uh, so as much as I respect his story, I'm happy to have heard it. That is a lifestyle I cannot imagine living myself. And uh, I have to imagine it's not for the faint of heart. Because 16 women, guys, I will just tell you, it sounds good on the surface. Terrible idea. Uh, okay, guys, that's all we've got for today. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, please do me a favor, hit that subscribe button, sign up for the alerts, leave a like, leave a comment, find me on social media at Charlie on TV. And guess what? Good news. We're doing this again tomorrow. See you then.